Hello, and welcome to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. Here at the Freedom Challenge, we strive to do good by helping enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. We hope you enjoy your time being informed and encouraged with host Tracy Doherty and our amazing guests. So let's get ready and join Tracy for this week's episode. Welcome, Freedom Sisters and listeners. This month is January, and it is Anti-Human Trafficking Month. And I was able to see a lot of your beautiful faces this last weekend at our first virtual event, the Freedom Challenge Live. We gathered virtually, and we were encouraged and equipped and inspired and challenged by our guests from around the world, which included some pretty remarkable subject matter experts and frontline workers in the fight against modern day slavery. If you joined us, thank you so much. But if you didn't, it's not too late. You can go to the Freedom Challenge Live and register and have access to the online content. And it's also not too late to be a part of the personal challenge where you will get to hear our dear and precious Ruth Willett guide us on a podcast on how to pray and connect with the heart of what God is doing in the world. She reminded us that when we worship that God fights, and I love this always from our sweet Ruth, that when we gaze upon Jesus, right, he has all the answers. And we just glance on these issues, even such as human trafficking, looking for him to engage with us, or actually for us to engage with him in the fight against human trafficking. Go to the website and find out about the content. And for those of you who sent us your pictures, we love seeing your personal challenges. It inspires us to know that there is a movement of women across the world and across the U.S. who are engaging with us in this very important topic. Now, last week on the podcast, Carice Williams, our project manager for Freedom Challenge, love her, and myself shared about 2020 and how we were both challenged and surprised personally and as an organization. We also got to share a little bit about the plans that are coming for 2021, which I am very excited about. You can go to the website and hear all about those. But today... I'm excited to share with you very personally, like sister to sister. Maybe you could imagine that we are on the couch together at my house. If you've been to my house, awesome. You have some more visuals. Or maybe I'm at your house. And we're just going to grab a cup of coffee and talk about this crazy year that we have just come out of. Maybe you crawled. Maybe you cartwheeled. Or maybe you felt catapulted into 2021. And all of that is okay. But what I want to share with you is some disciplines that have served me and my family well over the years. I have three children, two are grown adults, and one is still in the house, 15, Hudson. He's precious. But this is some disciplines that we as a family and me personally have put into play year over year for many years now. And I just kind of want to share those with you. I think it's really important. When we leave a year like none other, like 2021, and then we're faced with, excuse me, we left 2020, but we're going into 2021 and we're facing that year, I just think it's important for us to maybe slow down 
and get intentional and thoughtful about the endings. And then prayerfully, they're going to be leading to some great beginnings. Something I personally observe is this, well, if you live in the West, uh, it's an obsession with forward movement. You know, production, efficiency, we don't really leave room for reflection and thoughtful intention. But for me, I can tell you this, that 2020 was like a beach ball. For me, like it was a beach ball. You got to catch this to actually slow down and instill some more healthful and healthy reflective practices. So some of us have already been learning that. And I just want to bring some guidance or maybe some practical tips, some life hacks that can help you do that as we step into this new season. Now, again, for me and my family, we usually start this process maybe mid-December, and it runs through the whole month of January, so I don't really get caught up with, oh, it's January 1st, I have to be buttoned up and ready to, you know, move into the new. I really do take this whole month to reflect, to um, know what I want to leave behind and what I want to bring into the next year. And it's it's really an inner work. So I join you. Maybe you've already done your own version of this. Maybe you need some encouragement to continue to stop and pause. Or maybe you're like already finished. January 1st came and you're buttoned up. Well, I'd love to talk with you because you probably should be on this podcast with me. But before we do that, I always want to lay a biblical framework. Because... Freedom Challenge is a company of Christ followers, which means, yes, we look to the Word of God for our direction. So plain and simple, God made seasons and they're a merciful gift to humanity. So it's this, you know, changing of a season, changing of the calendar year, changing of the day. His mercies are new every morning. Genesis 1.14, it says, Then God said, Lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark seasons, days, and years. So there's this kind of merciful gift that God gives us as humans to kind of reset our minds. Like, that's done. Here's the new. And it really is filled with mercy. From the very beginning, he knew we would need what's called in Genesis, a sign or a marker. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under the heavens. So for me, I really take seriously the gift of a new season, the gift of a new time. But that hasn't been without some learning on my part. Uh, Some of you may know that I live in California, Southern California. And we don't get seasons. I can let you know that quite often in the month of December, I'm sitting on the beach. It's quite ridiculous. But it's kind of foreign to us, this idea of seasons. But it really is an actual part of the rhythm and the natural makeup of creation and our lives to slow down and to understand how God made life and seasons to go is so helpful to us. You know, those of you who live in other parts of the world, 
you understand the beauty of seasons. You understand that strawberries don't really actually grow in the summertime. We have to wait to get them. Um, unless you have Costco, then strawberries grow year round. But see how it can get confusing. It's just a run of times in which we can kind of trick ourselves that it's always go, 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 forward motion, forward motion, productivity, leave the old, go find the new. But it's really not within the framework of how God made us and made the world. Here's a statement. A beautiful journey of today can only begin when we learn to let go of yesterday. So that means that we actually need to stop and pause and inspect yesterday. So for us, yesterday would be 2020. And I know many of us don't want to inspect 2020. We just want to move forward and be catapulted into the next and just move on, leave it behind. But what I want to encourage us that there actually is a healthy process in how we leave things behind. Emphasis. We actually need an intentional process. And if we don't, it is true of humans that we like to, you know, bring our Samsonite. We like to bring our baggage. We're going to drag our past disappointments, our pain, and our losses. Undone obligations, things that we didn't get done into the next season. And I know I don't want to carry things into the next season that were difficult for me. And believe me, guys, 2020 was a year of great loss for me personally. I have this t-shirt that I always wear and um, I keep it. I've had it for a long time. It's kind of weird, but it is a t-shirt and it says, don't look back. You're not going that way. And I do that. I wear that this kind of time of year because it reminds me to have a process to intentionally slow down and do the heart work of examining and evaluating the past and then moving into the future much more light and free. So with all that said, how, Tracy, talk to me how. And listen, I would love to hear how some of you do this as well because I don't think I have, you know, the the science on this. This is just some simple things that I've picked up that have been helpful for myself and my family. So a few simple steps, how to leave the past and move into a great start. The first one I do, and this takes a little bit of time, is evaluate unity. Again, it's just evaluating unity. The question I ask myself is, is my heart divided? Is there any division in my heart? And I got to say, friends, that we have all watched in horror and sadness as this country has become so divided. And it has been a lot for me, uh, and, I, and I imagine for you as well, to resist the influence, to enter into this disunity that can create disunity in our own hearts and homes. So this idea of division, it's like having two visions. Do I have two visions in my heart, two visions in my home, two visions in my community? We know, we've heard it said that scripture talks about a house divided against itself can't stand. It's so important for us to evaluate, like what is happening in unity in my life? 
And for me, that can be kind of challenging because I think we're all surrounded. I know I am with people with differing opinions. I mean, things that I really care about and they have loud differing opinions. And so I have to manage how do I have civil discourse, a lost art guys in the U.S. right now, but as Bible-believing Christians, how do we have respect for people's opinions, for their own um, thoughts, beliefs, choices, without canceling them? So unity is not canceling people. And we can do, you know, cancel culture. We're hearing all about this. And we can do that both subtly or not so subtly with people that we don't think stand for the right things. We have to fight cancel culture. It's a powerful force. I mean, if we look at the God of the Bible, he's just not canceling us. He's going after us, even if he is grieved by our choices. So I want to encourage you, evaluate unity. Are you canceling people in your home, in your community, on social media? Are you canceling yourself? My opinions, my thoughts don't matter. I should be quiet because I'm going to get attacked anyways. I'd love to encourage us to tend to your heart, tend to your house, and understand a fuller picture of unity. We can have unity without always having agreement. This is true. I encourage you to think a little bit more about that. You can have unity without having agreement on all the issues. So second step, taking time to reflect on the year preceding before we step into a new beginning is to examine your heart. Always goes back to the heart. I cannot tell you. Um, you know, just do a Bible study on the management of your heart. It's all over scripture, the management of your heart. Here's one, Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart for everything flows from it. And this heart work, it only belongs to me. It only belongs to you. You have to own the guarding of your own heart. You're responsible for that. Someone else is not. You're responsible for that, for tending your own heart. Asking the questions as you're leaving 2020, how is the foundation of my heart? Are there any cracks that need to be mended that might affect the structure of my life going into the next season? This is an intentional pause. And listen, we have been through some heavy shaking this little world of ours. My little human body, my earth suit, I'm like, whoa, what a year. I know for me, I took an entire year, March 1st to March 31st, 2021, to do some of this repair work. I had the loss of my father, um, a transition of a 30-year um, ministry career and assignment as senior pastoring and some other things. And I just knew that I needed to give myself space to do some heart and prepare work because it's not someone else's job. It's mine. And when I come to the Holy Spirit 
his partnership to go into the places that I may not even be aware of. He is so beautiful and faithful to repair those breaches and cracks from heavy shaking in our life. I also look at the soil of my heart. You know, you just think of what grows from your heart because scripture is saying that everything's flowing out of it. And if you think about dirt, you know, soil, it's messy. Um, next door to me live horses and there is always the smell of manure and they are always using it to grow other things in different parts of the yard. But from that comes a lot of good growth. So don't be afraid of the messy. Bring the messy to God. In my time this last year, I, I began to notice that the fruit of my life was starting to have a bleh, kind of a tasteless flavor to it. Probably because it was crowded out with too much life and it left me a little depleted. I needed to look at my foundation, what needs to be repaired. I needed to inspect my soil, what needs to be removed, even good things, so that what really matters is cultivated and grown. So friends, the invitation is evaluate how unity is flowing in your life and examine your heart. And so here's a couple of questions you can ask, practical questions, because here, you know, sometimes I just want to get through it, get it done. All right, what did she say to do? I'll just do that real quick. No, again, this is like a month-long process. You take the time to do it. Encourage you to get that journal out. However it is that you lay your heart on paper or your computer or whatever that looks like documenting and being intentional as you end the year so that you can have an even greater start. Two questions. First one I do to help me evaluate unity and examine my own heart is this. Do I owe anything but love? Biblical text, Tracy. Romans 13, 8, straight from scripture. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. So here's the first question I ask myself when I'm doing these two things. Do I owe anyone anything? Small debts, even small, can seem insignificant. And if they're left unpaid and brought into a new year, they can weigh us down from a new start in a great new season. So practically, here's the question. I mean, this is really practical. This is not ethereal. I actually ask myself, do I owe anyone any money? Do I owe time? Did I say to someone, let's get together? Do I have something I need to say to someone that just keeps coming up that's filled with gratitude or appreciation or affirmation? How often do we just not say what we need to say? Is there an act of service that I withheld? These are all little debts. And if you don't think that they don't weigh on our souls, they do. And oftentimes I think these debts are owed to our very own family. So taking into careful account, especially in the year of 2020, when we were around each other more than ever, this is a really good exercise. When I did this uh, a few weeks ago, I found, um, I remembered 
I owe my son the service of opening him a bank account. I had said this to him for months and I kept putting it off and we went and did it. I kept telling everyone I'm going to purge my closet. I have too many things. Someone actually called me out on it and said, you keep saying it, but you're not doing it. This was a debt that I owed myself. I have too much. I need to purge it. I've already done that. Praise God. I had some thank you notes to write. People who had loved me well or served me or got me a gift or remembered me. I I just kept putting it off. Thank you notes, giving appreciation. And there was two people that I had remembered. Let's FaceTime. Let's connect. And I kept putting it off. Oh, nothing but the debt to love. So my encouragement to you, sit down. This doesn't take long. God, show me where I have a debt of service, of money, of time left unpaid. Zero it out. I also felt like I had a debt of love to the Father. This year was hard. And as I was leaving it, I kind of wasn't finding all the places that maybe he was with me on my journey. So I took some time and I sat down with my pictures just in my phone. This isn't something super spiritual. And my calendar. And I started at January. And I just wrote down every picture and remembered a moment where God met me, where he provided me for me, where he comforted our family, where he gave me wisdom. And then I looked through the calendar events and I began to see where he was showing up and present to me in my loss and in my confusion. And I got to tell you, I had like a good six journal pages of gratitude, debt of love that I was paying back to my father for his faithfulness to our family, to me in this year. I gave it back to him and said, Lord, I, pray, I, I pay this debt of love to you in gratitude for the way you have been good to me. This is helping me travel light into the new year. I feel like I'm able to sort through the things that I need to let go of and the things that I need to bring with me. Now, the second question I ask myself is, am I at peace with everyone? Do I owe any debts? Am I at peace with everyone? Back to the scriptures, Romans 12, 17 through 18. Do not repay evil for evil. Hard to do. So much evil this year, you guys. It goes on to say, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. This is intentional living. If we don't want to bring all of this chaos into the next year, we might have to have some fierce conversations, hard conversations, humble conversations, hard conversations. Again, it says, if possible. And I love the grace in that as far as it depends on you. And you know, this really does require an honest assessment for yourself. I found out that there was two people that I was still holding on the hook for some things that I had felt slighted or not um, 
treated respectfully in. And when I did this time, one of them I needed to go back to and have a clarifying conversation and show some humility and be honest about how I felt. And one of them, I couldn't. They were not accessible. And that wasn't a possibility. So I needed to get a little bit more creative. And I ended up writing a letter from my heart and forgiving and and releasing and letting them off the hook. And it brought peace to my soul. And through the years, I have to say that this creative peacemaking resolution, especially when it's not something we can actually do with a human person or a conversation we can have, has taken many forms to help me be at peace with something that feels undone. I've done artwork as a symbol of being at peace. I have done skydiving. Yes, one year my husband and I sky did some skydiving to kind of let go of some things that had been happening to us that we couldn't um, get our arms around. We have done stepping stones that reminded us of God's shalom peace. I've actually done mock, mock burials, you guys, where I've dug in the ground, put all of the pieces of papers of things that I can't resolve and buried it and left it there. And one thing that we did about two years ago that I love, we built a stone pile, um, just a pile of rocks, a memorial that represented things that we needed to trust God for peace about. Some of them were things that we needed to do, and some of them were things we just needed to accept. And we prayed, and we left this rock pile here. And every time I take this walk, which is often, I look over, and the stone pile is there, and I remember that I've done my part to be at peace with everyone, and the rest I leave to God, causing a lightness. So... Strong intentional endings, creating great starts. Take some time this month if you have not already done so. Don't rush into the plans, into the goals, into the next until you have had quiet intention to wrap up this year. It is a sacred time. It is a holy time. I encourage you to do so. And then move into the new goals and to the new plans and to the new year, which is always fun. Or for some of us, it's daunting. So keep it simple. Don't be hard on yourself. Um, I don't. I don't think it's uh, useful to go too crazy on this, especially in the day and age we're living in. I think that making plans and goals, at least it, for me, and for the Freedom Challenge, it shows hope for the future. Um, it shows us that there's hope that things can look differently. When we don't make plans and we just say, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be, shows sort of this resolve. But but I walk, um, you know, fine line with that because 2020 has really taught us to live in the tension of uncertainty yet with hope. They can both exist together. So after you have your pause with God and you leave behind, you're moving into the new Please invite God into your plans. Here's a couple of biblical texts that help us approach new beginnings, new seasons, and new years. James 4, 13 through 16. This, you know, this is kind of like radical, this scripture verse here. Um, I think that many of us in 2020 went, whoa, in light of the scripture. 
It says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there. We will make a profit. Then the question is, how do you know that your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. Our life, ladies, is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting and presumptuous with your plans, and that is evil. Whoa, that is um, really something to think about. This inviting God into our plans consecrating, fill the hands, God. Let me partner with you in what you're doing. Proverbs 16, 9, another great one. We can make our plans, and I suggest you do, friends, but the Lord determines our steps. And ain't that true for last year? We sure made our plans. The Lord determined our steps. What's interesting is most of the things that I needed to accomplish, they got done because God determined my steps. And they were nothing like my plans, but we got where we needed to go. I call this the open hand principle. Just take your hands in front of you right now. Open them up. Okay. Keep your hands open because then God can put things in and he can take things out. Now clench them. Can God put things in or take things out? He can't do either. He actually has to break our hands so that they open so we can put things in and take things out. So listen, Proverbs 16, 9, James 4, invite God in, open your hands and be ready to make plans, but let him determine your steps. The moment we make our 2021 plans, all the things you're dreaming in your heart, all the things you're longing for, what seems real and ideal, take them and immediately surrender them to the outcome of the Lord. Because again, if we've learned one thing, it's to not hold them tightly. So as I wrap this up, I'm just going to give you a high-level summary. A couple of disciplines. Intentional endings, great beginnings. That's right where we live right now in January 2021. Intentional endings, great beginnings. Take the time to evaluate the unity of your heart and examine your heart. Questions. Do I owe any debt to love? Pay it. Clear it up. Wrap it up. As far as it depends on me, am I at peace with everyone? Sisters, brothers, listeners, make the effort. Do the awkward. Be the humble and make the peace. Then step into a prayerful invitation of making goals and plans, and immediately surrender them back to God. Our team at Freedom Challenge, we have some great plans. Oh, how I long for them to be accomplished. We're bringing a lot of our learning from 2020 into 2021, but ultimately, we surrender. And I encourage you to do the same. Listen, uncertainty and hope, they can go together. Love you, my friends and sisters. Thank you for joining me today. We are all on this journey of freedom together. 
And until next time, let's continue to do good, to do more, and to do it together. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. If you liked what you heard, join the fight to set women and children on a pathway to freedom across the globe. We are a proud ministry of Operation Mobilization USA and encourage you to learn more at thefreedomchallenge.com and omusa.org for how you can get involved. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram at the FCUSA, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to let us know what you think. We'll see you next time.